1: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Blessing, Adio Jr. Joining me is Video Game Chronicles, Jordan Midler. Hello, how are you doing? Doing good, Jordan. How's it going with you?
2: Yeah, pretty good. Just finished up for the day. Now, doing this for you. We've got a bit of news to talk about, so very excited.
1: I'm super excited for this. Welcome to the show. Of course, I'm having you on because... I probably reference and source Video Games Chronicle more than any other news <laughs> website on our show. And I don't know why, like, me versus Greg Miller versus whoever else is hosting, right? Like, Greg Miller will do a lot of games that drop is, He'll do a lot of IGNs. Like, I like to do the IGNs as well. But Video Games Chronicle, I'd say, is maybe my favorite source for video game news because you guys are low-key, always kind of breaking certain things. And then also, like, the you guys' writing style fits perfectly for how I like to host the show where it is concise you guys get the get get the facts right get the news get the context get the relevant quotes and then you're out and i'm like that is exactly perfect what i need uh from kfgd (laughs) and i know that you guys like to listen to kfgd every now and then too and so i wanted to get that nice collaboration that nice crossover going and so welcome to the show
2: thank you very much no that's that's very kind Uh, my boss andy robinson the the big boss of vgc will be very happy to hear that because that's exactly Kind of way he wants VGC thought of in terms of it's just straight news. There's no opinion in there. It's just straight news, and every so often we'll drop me some. We'll drop me some some big exclusives and things like that. But yeah, I've been oh, yeah. I've been listening to kind of funny shows basically since those guys left IGN. So it's it's very nice to be on.
1: How long have you been have you been working with VGC?
2: So um, basically, uh, I first worked with VGC at the launch of the PS5 because I had one for review for BBC. And mm-hmm. um, Andy was looking for someone to review Demon Soul, so I worked with him then. And then about, I did a few reviews after that. Then earlier this year, I started doing news, and I joined full time about eight days ago. So oh wow, oh congratulations! <laughs> great start, <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, hey, what's, the, what's been, your official position? Uh, officially a staff writer, but it's a bit of we're 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 a lean team. Everyone does everything. It's a bit like kind of funny in that sense. There's no real designated roles, apart from Andy's the big boss. Um, so, yeah, doing a bit of everything. Doing a, I do a lot of reviews, news, anything that's needed, really.
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, I'm excited to get into the show because we got a lot of big news to talk about. But before we get there, I do want to ask you the, uh, the key question, right, that gets people mm-hmm. to know you. What is your favorite game of all time?
2: So, since I read this in the doc, I've been absolutely full of terror because I'd never have a good answer for this. It, like, changes depending on the era of my life. Mm. Tell people it was Shadow of the Colossus because I think it made me sound smart. I, but, love, this, um, I love you. But Shadow then... Colossus,
1: you can stop there because that is like that is the <laughs> one that doesn't get enough. I mean, people love Shadow Colossus, but then like a lot of people hate on Shadow Colossus, say it's overrated, yada yada. Those people are wrong. But yeah, yes, have no no, idea Shadow we'll Colossus is a great answer.
2: You you soon find out that a lot of people that play games and like talk about games have absolutely no clue what they're talking about. So like, I wouldn't take any Shadow of the Colossus slander seriously. But it kind of changed um, depending on the year, like. There was a long time where I was really into GTA Five because a lot of my friends were into GTA Five. Um, no, now I know why I got you on
1: this show. You, you're yeah. a man after my own heart. You're naming all the right games.
2: There's a connect. Kine- don't worry, that's about to end. Um there's there's a, <laughs> my my most played game every year without fail is FIFA. Um, I don't particularly. I love like... The, I, what,
1: what, what, are you are you just the Scottish version of me? Like what, what's happening here?
2: I, I have been told that 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 is in my that will be in my Twitter bio after this show is finished. But um right. the. It's always, I don't particularly like FIFA. I dream of an amazing football game because I love football, but because FIFA is there, I just play infinite amounts of it. Um, but to hey, return my bread, I used like, to love Rocket League. I but see, I, Rocket I, League
1: is like a low-key amazing soccer game. Like I know yeah. people don't, like, I know people look at it and they're like, oh yeah, it's soccer with cars, like it's not real soccer. But like when you're playing Rocket League, you're thinking about it the way that I would think about playing soccer or football in real life or it is all right, let's get the right angle on the ball. Let's get, yeah. kick, kick at the right angle, getting the ball movement, like rotating positions, all that stuff. Like Rocket League is, is, is up there for me as well.
2: Rocket League is brilliant, but the problem was uh, people got so good at it that I felt like I couldn't have fun playing it because I was just being absolutely dominated by these people that could like fly the cars and stuff like that. But back in the day when Rocket League came out on PS Plus, that was like, those were some housing days. But yeah, I... I you know that's like when you review stuff you end up playing absolutely everything so it's hard to focus on one thing for a really long extended period of time um but stuff recently like last year my game of the year was returnal this year i've loved arceus
3: i love this guy i
2: I, I didn't want to say it because i saw you were in the 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 jumper but legitimately top five all time for me is skate 2 I tweeted, asked, I, I was one of the people abusing EA in the Instagram uh, comments saying hashtag Skate4 over and over again, so glorious data that's returned. It's just oh, end yeah. this and we would just talk about games for an hour. There's no point doing news.
1: Dude, I, at this point, it's like, I don't even want to talk about news. I just want to talk about our favorite games, because it seems like we have very <laughs> similar tastes, but Jordan, yeah. we gotta do got to talk about news, because we got, to, got some big news to talk about. So, enough about your amazing taste in video games. Let's talk about Activision Blizzard games, remaining multi-platform, a leaked Assassin's Creed game, and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames Roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around housekeeping for you uh we're reacting to that nintendo direct later today it's going to be tim greg andy and myself make sure to tune into that right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games at 2 p.m pacific time and then also remember if you're near a window i needed to roll down your window or roll up your window if your window goes up or roll it to the side depending on one kind of what kind of window you have right stick your nose out there right take a whiff That's right, it's the smell of review season. And your next episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast will be our Horizon Forbidden West review. That'll be up on Monday, Valentine's Day, on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire, James Davis, at James Davis Mix, Pranksy, Manny the Bagel Boy Sanchez, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN and Chime, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be,
3: the roper report
1: it's time to we have six stories today
3: a baker's dozen
1: starting with our number one microsoft confirms that activision blizzard will release games on playstation beyond existing agreements this broke this morning i'm gonna pull from joe Scrubbles at ign Microsoft has confirmed that Call of Duty and other other popular Activision Blizzard titles will not just be released on PlayStation to honor existing contracts, but, quote, beyond the existing agreement and into the future, end quote. In a piece published to explain how the company will adapt to gain regulatory appro- approval for its Activision Blizzard takeover, President Brad Smith addressed concerns that popular games would no longer be available on competing consoles. Quote, To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the terms of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond, beyond the existing agreement and and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games that they love, end quote. Previous reports have indicated that the next three Call of Duty games would come to PlayStation, but not indicated what's beyond that, beyond. Smith added that Microsoft would be looking to assure the same for Activision Blizzard games on Nintendo consoles, quote, we're also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers, and for our business, end quote there are co- caveats here of course smith does not commit to all traditionally multi multi-format Activision blizzard games coming to playstation and nintendo nor does he commit to this agreement existing in perpetuity this is to say nothing of brand new games developed within activision blizzard after a takeover takes place jordan let's back up a bit right yeah activision blizzard or uh, microsoft buys activision blizzard Mm-hmm. What did that announcement, what did the, what did that uh, acquisition do for you in terms of what it means for Activision Blizzard?
2: Um, I think it was, it was interesting in terms of, it felt like Activision was a company that was in a seriously difficult position. It, it didn't feel like the Bethesda merger, whereas the Bethesda merger was Xbox essentially making up for their lack of first party. Activision mer- merger felt more like well, Activision is going to sell to someone it better be us instead of the other team. So I think that The further along this one goes, I never thought Call of Duty was going to be exclusive. That just seemed out of the question, especially because of the user base. Like, if you think of Call of Duty's user base and how many of them are on PlayStation, sure, when when you don't sell the next Elder Scrolls to PlayStation fans, you lose that money on day one. But if you don't sell Call of Duty to PlayStation fans, you lose all the skins and all the battle passes and all the infinite amount of money following that. So this, this news didn't surprise me. I suppose it's... There has been some speculation that it's Microsoft getting out in front of the FTC and saying, it's okay, don't worry, no monopoly here, sir, so... Exactly. And with that, I,
1: I do want to bring in a question. Uh, Connor wrote in to KFGD and says, hey there, KFGD crew. With Xbox saying it plans on keeping COD on PlayStation beyond current contractual obligations, do you think it hurts or helps the chances of Game Pass one day winding up on PlayStation, right? I want to throw that question in there, but I also want to bring in another question at the same time. And where I want to track, tackle all this at once because there's a lot to dig, dig into yeah. here, right? Grezik also writes in and says, hey, guys, Microsoft has made their most definitive statement about continuing to release Call of Duty on other Activision Blizzard titles or and other Activision Blizzard titles on other consoles. What do you think is behind this? Is it a tit for tat regarding Bungie titles? Could it be an attempt to look uh, to look better for regulators? Is it just them not wanting to limit COD's potential revenue? Thanks for all you do, Grezik. And that kind of gets to where you're getting at a little bit here, Jordan, which is. You know, why announce this now and why announce this period, right? Like, what is the point of all this? Uh, and I do think a big part of this is to get ahead of it for regulators, right? Making sure that people ma- – making sure that for these conversations, they're in the clear for an argument that they're not having – they don't have a monopoly here, right? Like, we're yeah. not just buying every single company and then keeping everything for ourselves and – uh, uh and segmenting off a whole audience from getting these games, right? I think that's a big part of it, especially for Call of Duty being one of the most popular games on any gaming platform right now, right? We talk about it where last year, Call of Duty was not just the number one highest selling game on PlayStation, it was the number two highest best selling yeah. game on PlayStation between Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War and then Call of Duty uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, right? And I think that works in tandem also with the sales thing that you're talking about, which is Call of Duty is a very popular game on PlayStation. Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for $68 billion. You don't spend that much money to buy a a publisher in their IP and then go, cool, now let's cut off this amount of money that we're making from this, from this IP. Right. And then make this game uh, uh, only on Xbox and PC and keep it as a game pass thing. Right. I think, I think there are, there are other ways to stay competitive while also taking advantage of this big deal that you made. And I think, being able to say that we have Call of Duty, the franchise, uh, the, the entire Call of Duty franchise, along with the new games on Game Pass, on Xbox, right, with the updates that you would get maybe on PlayStation, right, where it is like the exclusive special ops mode or the skins or whatever that stuff, right? Being able to own that stuff on Xbox and have it on Game Pass is a very, very competitive move, especially when you look at, cool, what does that mean for PlayStation? It means that if you're on the PlayStation platform, you might still have to pay to buy the next call of duty game and then you're also not getting the exclusive stuff you're not also not getting maybe call of duty eventually coming to ps plus and things like this right you're still losing out on that platform and it is it turns into a competition of services rather than purely a competition of where the competition of boxes right xbox series x versus ps5 no it is xbox as a platform versus playstation as a platform and being able to still make all that money on PlayStation's platform and have access to all those players
2: yeah, the the play the play isn't. Let's make it so PlayStation players can't play Call of Duty. It's let's make it so. Why would PlayStation players play Call of Duty on PlayStation? That's got that's got to be the way they're because if they if they position it that way, they still get the good guy Microsoft, good guy Phil Spencer. We're not taking your games away from you. Sure, we did it with the Bethesda titles, but let's forget about that. It's fine. That doesn't really count. If if they make it such an undeniable kind of proposition on Game Pass side of playing Call of Duty people will go, it will only take one console generation for the people that only play Call of Duty to think, oh yeah, I suppose last time we did get PlayStation, but this time maybe we get Xbox. So I think it's, um, I think it's also worth thinking about what Microsoft bought Activision for that isn't Call of Duty, because Call of Duty is a series that is in various states of stagnation for a long time now. You've got to imagine that Microsoft wants the next thing from Activision, from those teams, that will be exclusive that that will never have the perception of them taking it away from PlayStation because it was never there in the first place and while I think the idea of a destiny kind of cold war against Call of Duty where as long as both of them are on both platforms everyone will be happy is somewhat compelling I think thinking of destiny and Call of Duty as the kind of playing cards is kind of thinking of in the old way it's about what franchises are coming from these companies next and that's when things will start getting locked down or you can only play them on playstation through the game pass app
1: mm. and, i mean then that's where we bring in connor's question here right of like you know what does this announcement do for the chances of game pass coming to playstation one day because we've had we've had the conversations and the back and forths on kind of funny across different shows about is Game Pass eventually come to PlayStation? I'm somebody who thinks, yes, I think Game Pass will come to PlayStation Peter. at some point. I don't think it'll happen soon necessarily, but yeah. like my bet is by 2026, maybe we will see a form of Game Pass on PlayStation. My argument there is the fact that like you're as a as Xbox, right? Being able to look at PlayStation and an install base of hundred over a hundred million units between the PS4 and PS5, right? Like that is a lot of consoles that is a big install base of units and getting your games and getting your service uh to that many to that many users right that's a big deal right like that is a lot of money that you can make there right and i think it is the thing of us talking about what is competition versus what is um opportunity for me where you know i think there is the thing of xbox probably looks at playstation and goes you're a competitor and we want to make sure that we're one-upping you at every step but i also think you can look at that and go you know, hey, you are an opportunity for us to make more money. We see your user base, and like, hey, if you can't beat them, like, if you can't beat them, just take the user base, right? Put your put, yeah. put Game Pass on PlayStation and try to make money that way. And and as PlayStation, I can see the argument for. Well, if these guys keep buying up all these companies and they keep buying, they keep uh, uh, taking up these games that were multi-platform that were that were third-party how much does it hurt to get those games back on our platform by allowing game Pass to be on there. Right. And I think that is the biggest hurdle. I think that is the biggest difficulty with it is that like, I think it's more difficult to view from the PlayStation side rather than the Xbox side. But I do think with that as much money that, it, that is getting thrown around right now, it is kind of an inevitabil- inevitability, right? If it doesn't happen with Activision, Blizzard and Xbox buying them, does it happen when Xbox buys Square Enix? Does it happen when Xbox buys Sega? Does it happen when Xbox buys U- Ubisoft or whoever the next big acquisition is? Right. I think you kind of just go down until like people throw their hands up and go, all right, well, this is different now, right? This isn't the yeah. same games industry that it was. Things are changing and we had to change and adapt uh to that. But you know, to again, to go back to Connor's question of what does this do for Game Pass on PlayStation, I do think that I don't I don't know if this changes much. I think this throws a wrench in terms of Call of Duty being the like the thing that would make playstation break and go fine we'll put game pass on on um on playstation you know i think call of duty would have been the big big uh like the, the big thing that you would play there right like the big card you would play yeah. in that conversation but if you call of Duty is coming to playstation anyway then i don't i, I it's, it's hard for me to 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 see what the other thing will be i think it'll happen i think something will come through but i can't tell you exactly what the a to the b to the c will be
2: yeah and if you if you believe the kind of speculation around the microsoft um acquisition of activision there was already three call of duty titles like committed to playstation that would have had to release contractually so it's the kind of thing where even if xbox were keen on putting a game pass wrapper around call of duty when you played it on playstation that might not come to pass for a few years and by then it might already be there I, i i don't imagine that one day you will open the Game Pass app on PlayStation and it will have the exact same interfaces on Xbox. You'll have all these hundreds of games. It feels like when you used to open a a Ubisoft game on PC and the kind of the Play wrapper would come up. I think that is the kind of thing that will happen because PlayStation still has a lot of pride um, in themselves. So I think they will try to play down the fact that, they're, that a Game Pass equivalent happen. Um, yeah, I don't think it changes the direction of travel that much. I think it's more of a it's a hearts and minds thing because like Xbox do have a great reputation just now, but people are kind of weedy of these acquisitions. So if they can come out and be like, "Well, Call of Duty is going to be on both," it's just a good PR move more than anything.
1: Yeah. What do you think this means for other Activision Blizzard franch- franchises? Then you know, Overwatch Two is one that's in the air in terms of a game that is s- supposed to come out at some point. Never. I would have thought that would have been out by canceled. now, but like completely canceled. Yeah, like where the fuck is Overwatch 2, right? But like when Overwatch 2 eventually gets here, if it eventually gets here,
2: mm. do you
1: think that ends up multi-platform? Because they are talking about, right, they they name drop Call of Duty, but then they also yeah. say, uh, uh, talk about the big Activision Blizzard titles, right? Like is Overwatch 2 one that you imagine being multi-platform when it comes out, or do you think that will be Xbox exclusive?
2: No, I think that's got to be the multi-platform one. And they also mentioned Nintendo um, and that statement. And when I read that, I assumed that referred to Overwatch because I don't see them putting COD or Warzone on the Switch or anything like that. Like, can you imagine how poorly that would run? It runs badly on a PS5, so I don't know what that would that would look like. So I have to imagine that um, things like Overwatch 2 and like Diablo 4, whenever these games that have been delayed 50 million times actually come out, those are easily put on multi-platforms. But I think there will they will also looking to think we have blizzard now what can we blizzard have had a bad time of it for the past five ten years for lots of different reasons what can we do now to bring blizzard back to when they were like blizzard when they were the name and quality and games and i think those new games will end up just being on xbox or on game pass but i think overwatch 2 when it releases in 2067 or whatever i think that will come to come to everything but I don't know, man. Yeah. Don't know about uh, Overwatch 2.
1: Overwatch, Overwatch 2 is one that I could see uh, coming to everything, but I think yeah. anything beyond that, beyond is. Beyond beyond is is where things get tricky because yeah mm. you mentioned like what are the other games that we're talking about when when you're talking about games that might come to switch even and yeah. like i go over to videogameschronicle.com where there mm. was an article that was put up uh by chris scolian weeks and weeks ago when the acquisition first happened right and he made a list of all the ip that microsoft yeah. now has um now that they bought activision blizzard right and the list goes on of games that aren't active right like it is you're talking about the active games you're talking about call of duty candy crush uh yeah. overwatch but then you get into other games and it's like all right they're not making a new blur you know you're not gonna get
2: why uh, not though why are they not making a new blur like of all, do you of all, want a new blur yes absolutely a new blur and a new split second i want them to release on the same day i just want it to be that xbox 360 era once again um the, the one on that list that i want more than anything is tony hawk like i just want them to take tony hawk seriously <sighs> again See, um, and that's
1: where that's where I get to, where I go down the list and of course I name all these games that are inactive or in that I can't see coming back unless Marcus unless there's somebody at Xbox that's like, no, we need to bring back King's Quest, which I think I think there was a <laughs> Phil Spencer quote that was like, I want to bring back King's, King's Quest.
2: Petfall, but, new petfall for the new generation.
1: Yeah, bring 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 back a new petfall. Uh <laughs> but like or pitfall, sorry. Uh, but like, you know, you go through the list and then you get to things like Guitar Hero or mm. Tony Hawk or uh, Crash Bandicoot, and it's like, all right. I can see the argument for some of those, right? Spiral the Dragon, like the the more popular games on the list that we've seen iterations of, but like we don't necessarily have an an excitement for what the future hope for these games are, right? Like yeah. Tony Hawk the uh, One Plus One Plus Two HD remake came out a couple years ago. Since call since Activision has kind of made the shift of making every studio Call of Duty studio, I've had no hope for whatever the next Tony Hawk game is. Now yeah. I kind of do, now that they're under Right, Same with Crash, same with Spyro, same with these other big franchises. And those are the ones that I see being Xbox exclusive. I don't see a reason for Xbox to make Tony Hawk um uh, and put it everywhere, right? Unless there's like a, unless it is like the where in the future where Game Pass is everywhere. I don't see the, yeah. the reason for that. And I think that's what we're talking about in terms of this tiered structure where Call of Duty, there's so much money that's on the table. That makes sense to to, to, to put everywhere with how popular that franchise is. Overwatch 2, I is one that I could see going everywhere again. I could see the argument for it not going everywhere because it's not necessarily Call of Duty, but at the same time, when you're talking about Overwatch League, when you're talking about how big and wide that franchise is, and when you're talking about the multiplayer aspect of it, I could see I can see an argument for that one too. Everything else I'm like, I don't know if I can see any any, any of the other Activision Blizzard games uh, uh, not being exclusive to Xbox and PC on the Xbox platform.
2: Yeah and it also if you think about it from Microsoft's perspective, if they can get a new Crash and a new Spyro up and running, like Microsoft don't have a Ratchet and Clank, they don't have that kind of like big AAA kind of family game, but they they do now, like they have the ability to do it now and if you take into account all of the rare IP they have, they could take Toys for Bob and get them to make a new Banjo game. Like, that's a perfect fit. Like, it goes both ways. It's not necessarily just getting Activision Studios to make all these Activision games. I think that Xbox will be leveraging things beyond Call of Duty and beyond, like, the... Obviously, King is a huge part of this acquisition. They have nothing in the mobile space, and now suddenly they have the, the, the candy crush people. So, yeah, I think it will be... I, d- I don't think they're just going to go down the list and start production on all of them. Um, but um, if I was being selfish, Tony Hawk Underground 3, please. Um, oh my
1: god. Again, a man that's after my own heart. Mm. Bring back Tony Hawk Underground. Give me a oh, Tony definitely. Hawk Underground 1 plus 2 HD remake. You know, like, just give me... Also give me 3 plus 4, right? Give me all yeah. Give me all the, the Tony Hawk games. Or at yeah, least, like, absolutely. Pro Skater 1 through 4 and then Pro Underground 1 and 2. Just for me. Please. I beg you. Jordan? It's been good talking about Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, all these things, but that's not where it ends for big news and big franchises. So let's hop into story number two, which is from Bloomberg. Jason Schreier, Ubisoft, is planning a new Assassin's Creed game. Uh, Jason's article reads like this. Ubisoft has turned an Assassin's Creed expansion into a standalone game to help fill out its thin release schedule, according to people familiar with the project. The game, codenamed Rift, was originally planned as an expansion for 2020's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but morphed into a full game late last year, said the People, speaking anonymously because they weren't authorized to talk to the media. It will star Basim, a popular Assassin character from Valhalla, and will be smaller in scope than recent games in the series, the People said. The game won't be a massive open-world role-playing game like previous recent entries, focusing instead more on stealth gameplay and is planned for later this year, or 2023. Assassin's Creed, which has sold more than 155 million units, was once an annualized franchise, but in recent years has taken more time between releases, leading to higher, higher quality games. Rift will arrive before Assassin's Creed Infinity, an ambitious online service game that will contain multiple historical settings, as Bloomberg reported last year. Jordan, are you an Assassin's Creed person?
2: Um I I, I am and I'm not. I love the Ezio trilogy. I think Odyssey's a great game. Um I'm sick of these Assassin's Creed games being like larger than most European countries. So the idea of this smaller one is great. This is exactly what I wanted to hear. Um but I, I don't know what, what do you what do you think? When they said this Sorry. character that people love, real, real oh, Clark, quick, Jordan,
3: Jordan, your um, Mike is having like the distortion. Static. There's like a little static coming through. You might want to, yeah, you they, might want to unplug it. Maybe uh, the f- play with the XLR j- jiggle a little bit. That XLR, oh, yeah, okay.
1: But like in terms of in terms of what I think about it, right? Like I'm not a big Assassin's Creed person. I think the big Assassin's Creed person on the team is Greg Miller, and there's also Barry Courtney who loves Assassin's Creed. I think Kevin Coelho also likes Assassin's Creed. Pretty much love everybody me here some Odyssey.
3: The, Let me love me some Odyssey.
1: Kevin, does this do anything?
2: How's that? For you? Are we like, okay? That's
1: all uh, right. Then good? I mean,
3: that, yeah. Talk a little bit more.
2: Hello, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's yeah, Creed. I mean, yeah. It, it does okay. sound. It
3: does sound improved. I'll let you know if it, it comes back. And then, as far okay. as Assassin's Creed goes, um, I feel like because, like, I, I love Assassin's Creed, but I don't love every Assassin's Creed game. Um, mm. and it really is one of those things that, like, I, t- until I get sticks on hand, like, I don't know. So like just news of like, hey, this thing that was gonna be a DLC is now a full blown game, like that doesn't get me excited. But um yeah, I'm I'm curious to find you, out.
1: How much of Valhalla did you play? Are you familiar with Bossine?
3: Um I man, I don't know any of the names of anyone, so I'm not no okay, I don't right. think I'm familiar with him. But um I mean I might be. I played like half half of the game.
1: Hmm. Does the idea of like a smaller Assassin's Creed? Because like you said, you love Odyssey, right? Which mm-hmm. is one of the ones mm-hmm. that came after like the, the the shift to them going bigger and way more yeah. like yeah, open yeah. world RPG with it, right? Instead of like open world action, which Assassin's Creed kind of was before. Mm-hmm. This seems like it's taking a trip back, but maybe even smaller, right? Like this is again, this is our, these are leaked, r- uh, rumored details, but like. It seems like this isn't going to be the Assassin's Creed that we've gotten of the last couple of years, being this wide, varied, fifty-hour thing, right? It seems like it's going to be way more contained and way more. They mentioned here, right, it being stealth-focused. Does that do anything for you, or does that make you, Kevin, go, "Oh no, I'm just going to wait for whatever the thing is after this"?
3: Um, I'm probably more towards like I I really like the expanded like Egypt. I thought was really cool, and so does the, the like Mediterranean islands, um, and the menu is like, for those games, is ridiculous. But, like, I got used to it, and I really liked it. I like how diverse the menu was. I like that. Like, my favorite thing is going up and opening up all the, like, uh, eagle towers, right? So that I can see everything on the map. Um, but, like, I am curious about this, and I'm definitely open to see more. And, like, I'm, I'm in a very, like, tentative, like, interested place.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, like, this
1: is one that doesn't speak to me just because i am not i i don't go crazy for assassin's creed right but like i am interested to see what assassin's creed infinity is because i i think a big thing for me with assassin's creed lately is the fact that between valhalla odyssey assassin's creed origins it seems like it's becoming way more of an investment to get into an assassin's creed game like you you smack one in front of me and it's like cool spend 50 to 80 hours in this game and i look at that and i'm like absolutely not right like I, I i only have there's only rare games <laughs> that like <laughs> i'm going to spend that much time in i have to be in love with a franchise like that right ghost of Shima i played for 80 hours like a game like that um that i absolutely adore and, and love i have th- that's what i'm gonna make that investment into this um uh, assassin's creed codenamed rift game with with boss seam if it's short maybe i'll give it give it give it the time but also like i just don't get inherently excited for it assassin's creed infinity it being this ongoing like You know, live service Assassin's Creed game that's going to get stories as you go, kind of speaks to me in the way that me playing Genshin Impact right now speaks to me. Where it is, I hop in and I'm not making a commitment to play this game forever. I play Genshin Impact up until I get bored, and I'm like, cool, I'm out. And then they add new expansions, they add new characters, and I'm like, oh, cool, let me pop in, do a little bit, play a few for a few hours, maybe do a stream or two, and I hop back out, right? If you're gonna put out an Assassin's Creed that functions a little bit like that, where it is. Here's at the start, a 10-15 hour campaign with your favorite character. Cool, now we're gonna add in a new one. Maybe you can switch between characters. And it has that Genshin Impact style. Hey, it's not about it's not about the finish line. It's about the ongoing journey over the course of however many years. I might be able to get into that, right? I think that, that might speak to me at, at least in terms hmm. of not feeling intimidated by the amount amount of time that the game wants from me.
2: No, I I totally get that. I think that the the, the most recent Assassin's Creed that I really enjoyed was odyssey is that the one with cassandra in greece yeah that sounds right yeah yeah. Yeah, Yeah, i I really enjoyed that um but i skipped through all the cutscenes because they were they were far too long i just wanted to get on with the assassin's creeding of it um i thought valhalla was way too over a long way too but you open the map in valhalla and it just expands infinitely i had no interest in that um but i think uh oh go ahead
3: oh i was gonna say somehow traversal doesn't feel as uh Fast as it does in in mm. Odyssey, that was my big yeah. issue.
2: With Valhalla, yeah, and and I don't know if it was because because Valhalla came in for review while the while the Xbox Series X was in for review, so I was doing both at the same time, and it was like this is this is far too much. Um, but I think that Assassin's Creed is a franchise that every time there's a new one, I'm like, okay, this is the one. This is going to get me back to feeling like the Ezio games. But I mean, hopefully this does it. But um, we'll see that that new Assassin's Creed. Uh, valhalla dlc the stuff that's more mythological um, seems quite interesting so I might, I might dive into that
1: well we'll have to wait and see on that one jordan before we get into our next news story though i do want to let people out there know that they can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors
0: this episode is brought to you by express vp and look i get it you don't watch porn so maybe you're just paying attention to this ad for you know a friend but with everything going on the world governments have increased surveillance they're using your devices to track your location movements and in a lot of places your internet activity expressvpn reroutes your internet connection through a secure encrypted server so you can surf the web anonymously newsflash incognito mode is a sham your isp can still see every single site you visit but with one click of a button expressvpn keeps others from seeing all the freaky stuff you've been looking at yeah talking about you nick scarpino we've been using expressvpn for a long time it's been keeping me safe keeping me secure i just feel better being out on the internet knowing that expressvpn has my back protect your privacy today and get three months of expressvpn for free visit expressvpn.com slash kind of funny that's e x p vpncom slash kind of funny for three months free with a one-year package visit expressvpn.com slash kind of funny to learn more shout out to chime for sponsoring this episode new year new you maybe a you who leaves behind things that don't serve you like those dang overdraft fees when your checking account balance is running low the last thing you need is an overdraft fee but with chime an award-winning app and debit card you can save that hard earned cash money without paying overdraft fees eligible members can overdraft up to two $100 $100 on debit card purchases and cash withdrawals with absolutely no overdraft fees. Make your first good decision in 2022 and join over 10 million people using Chime. Sign up only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash KF Games. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. See Chime.com slash spot me. And go to Chime.com slash games to get started.
1: Jordan, during the break, you told me something that was very heartbreaking and upsetting. I don't think you should repeat it. I don't think you should it. I don't think it. I should bring it up because it, yeah. uh, it upset me, Kevin. It Look, upset. I know. Breath of, I know.
2: The Breath of the Wild is the quintessential 7 out of 10 game.
1: Oh. Wow. Oh. It's, it's wild because like I for a second I was like we might we might be the same person. We might be the mm. same person, but, but it's like it's stay. clear
3: he's the evil clone now.
1: It's yeah, it's clear that like oh, I didn't know there could be a more evil version of myself. I thought I was it. I thought if I met a twin that I'd be the bad one. It's the fact that like <laughs> you uh, you don't like Breath of the Wild that
2: much. It's it's a good game. It's it's perfectly good. It's like a 7 out of 10 good game, <sighs> but you know like like they made a Breath of the Wild like Assassin's Creed game and everyone was like it's the most amazing thing ever like Play another open world video game. They look better.
3: Oh, yeah! But my like goodness. even Assassin's Creed, I mean, about <laughs> how I added a lot more of the like climbing stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh man, where it's like the ter- the the terrain wasn't like it was all yours, and Breath of the Wild really made it like you go anywhere as long as you got enough stamina. Oh yeah, and you and can it's climb like super anything. Lo- because it's the
2: physics system. As you soon can, as it starts can, raining, it's a terrible game. Like, I,
3: I, I don't see I That's don't part of the experience, right? If you right? put you gotta
2: on
1: your rain it. outfit, you're fine. That's the thing. You got to put on the rain outfit or just don't climb it when it's raining. Right? Do something else. History nah, I mean, it it yeah,
2: history's be. greatest injustice that people think that Breath of the Wild is better than Mario Odyssey. And Mario Odyssey was 50 times the game that the Breath of the Wild was.
1: Uh, I
3: mean, they're both, they're both oh, 10 well. out of 10 games. Yeah, 10 yeah 10 they're both great games. games you honestly, know, we got to pit them against each other. But I mean, if we were, I mean, I think... I mean,
1: if we were, Breath of the Wild is a better game. But, like, we don't have to have that conversation.
2: Oh I mean, Breath of, Breath of the Wild is probably like a top 15 Switch game. That is fair.
1: Oh, so you just don't like the Switch is what I'm hearing. The,
2: the, the best game on the Nintendo Switch is Pokemon Legends Arceus.
1: And you I mean, don't like... Pre- okay, it, you It's don't... pretty
2: good. It's pretty good.
1: I, think... I got to get to it.
2: <sighs> it's, it's the fact good. that like, you
1: love Pokemon Legends Arceus and you don't it, like Breath But of it Wild. does feel like a
3: dumbed down version of Breath of the Wild.
2: Well, I, I, don't, like, I don't like Pokemon Legends Arceus for the, the Breath of the Wild stuff. Um mm, mm. I I like Pokemon like Legends. Cinderella. I like Pokemon I just like the Pokemon. Like I, ha- mm. I have a there, there's an Oshawat just slightly out of out of frame here. Um Breath of the Wild, I was actually really worried that Pokemon Legends Arceus was gonna be too much like Breath of the Wild, but when I started reviewing it, I was like, thank god it's nothing like this. We can move on. Oh
1: my god. Mm. I don't know how to feel about this, and so I'm not gonna I'm, gonna I'm not gonna let myself feel this for too long. We're gonna get into the next news story. <laughs> story number three. Uh we could have gotten a young Soli game. This is from Jordan Midler. At Video Games Chronicle, who joins us right now, uh, Days Gone director Jeff Ross wanted to make an Uncharted game focused on a young Soli, he has revealed. Speaking on the Sacred Symbols Plus video show Paywall, transcribed by VGC, the director discussed how following Sony's decision not to greenlight a sequel to Days Gone, the team started theorizing games with other Sony IP, including Uncharted. Quote, Victor Sullivan at the age of 25 in a very stylized world where dot 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 it would be around 1976, Ross revealed when pressed on his plans plan for the series quote he busted out of the navy for reasons and i thought seeing him young and trying to figure out his way in this world uh going from trying to be a soldier or you know a military man to now i'm just on this I'm, I'm just out on the streets and i'm gonna become a hustler <laughs> end quote ross went on to reveal that in his concept solely would evoke james bond icon sean connery quote a young sexy victor sullivan to me would have been like sean connery end quote he also mentioned that films such as Joker and once upon a time in Hollywood's portrayal of the seventies influenced the idea quote, that's what I wanted to do without leaning into the cheesy parts of the seventies. He said Ross noted that some stumbles uh, with the concept included that they didn't feel there would have been enough off- opportunities for shootouts. He also mentioned that he didn't want to make the first uncharted game where player where the player didn't shoot anybody and quote Jordan. First of all, this is your article. Thank you for writing yep. it. I appreciate it. You're Secondly, welcome. Secondly, well, what are your thoughts on this unreleased, never, never come to pass, Uncharted game? Would you have been excited for a Young Sully game?
2: Oh yeah, I, I love the Uncharted games. I think they get kind of unfairly um, talked down about because for all, for they are very similar to each other, obviously. But I think the um, people like big action films. I love I love a good action film, and I think that's what the Uncharted games are. So I think this this Sully game could have been cool. I don't really understand his point about. Wouldn't have been opportunities for shootouts because I feel like you could just kind of just make things up. Like Victor and Sullivan, to my knowledge, was not a real person, so you're not falling too tightly to any particular storyline. But I think that um, something smaller like Lost Legacy or Sully could have been really cool. Um, I always expected them to do um, a Sam and Sully kind of spin off from Uncharted 4. Uh, that never ended up materializing. But uh, did you play the, the PS5 versions that came out a couple of weeks no, ago?
1: No, I didn't, I I didn't get around to them. Like it's it's funny yeah. because I wanted to play Lost Legacy at least because I love Lost Legacy. You know, it's my yeah. it's my personal favorite in a charter game. And yeah, reading through the synopsis, like this sounds like something that would have been cool to see, right? Like a young solo yeah. game where it is even and, and to, to touch on the same thing as you here, right? Like he's talking about there would not have been as many opportunity, opportunities for shootouts. Yeah, one, like it's like, dude, it's your game. You can make opportunities for shootouts, <laughs> create reasons for people to shoot each other. But also so like I don't necessarily need that many opportunities for shootouts. One of the things yeah. I liked about Uncharted Four is the fact that you go for quite a bit in that game without getting into heavy shootouts, right? Like it, the moments, the moments happen and they happen often when they do. But like the the pacing of Uncharted Four was very much, all right, cool. Let's start off. You're in a prison. You're hanging out. You're doing like essentially walking simish type gameplay. You get into a fist fight. Cool. Now let's climb around. All right. Finally, we're in a shootout, right? And yeah. I, I do like the idea of Figuring out different ways for for that to work, you know, an Uncharted game, especially an Uncharted game that isn't a mainline Uncharted, that is the spin-off Uncharted. I don't think has to be like, you know, 80 percent shooting, right? Like, I yeah. like the idea of it being no. What if we did focus more on the uh, puzzle solving, like the that, like those mechanics, then also maybe the climbing. Maybe we focus in on fist fighting as opposed to just shootouts, or maybe we do we give you one or two guns instead of four, however many you'll get in Uncharted Four, right? Like. Yeah. I like the ideas of taking that same game and switching up the formula because it is a different game, because you're making a game that's focused on Soli that is in this setting. Um, I think that's something that would have excited people. Um but and also yeah. like just for the fact that it's young Soli, like Soli's a great character. Yeah. always a fan favorite character. I think that Definitely. would be cool to see a young Soli smoking a cigar, uh talking about oh goddamn Dorado and all that.
2: <laughs> and when you think about one of the best things, Naughty obviously this wouldn't have been Naughty Dog, but one of the best things Naughty Dog have ever done is left behind, and that's a DLC where you don't fight anyone until the very end of the game. Like there's Yeah there's there's plenty of precedent for taking these characters and just making it about like espionage and exploring as you say and having it be really limited gunfights and you think of something like the bar fight in uncharted 3 like that could almost be from a film like that where you're from a film from a game like that where you're like throwing each other out the window and things like that so while i think the idea is great i don't i don't quite understand the the reasoning behind and it, it not working um but obviously these kind these kind of ideas are kind of percolating the studios all the time so it's it's a shame this didn't happen
1: nice and also and also like uh, for, first of all i'm hearing the static again you want to jiggle your xlr yeah i, a, I jiggle would jiggle on. hell yeah get that jiggle on um yeah. and then also like i you know like i after playing sifu right like sifu was a beat-em-up game right and like how many how many people love sifu i would be curious to see like could you make a beat-em-up uncharted game where it is Mm. hey let's amp up the combat here like let's amp up the combat mechanics make it even make it feel even better even though i think like the combat the fist to fist to fist combat um in uncharted 4 i thought it was pretty good like i actually really liked it a lot more than the previous games uh what if we can just focus in on that improve that and make it into something like that right like a beat-em-up style game where it is throw the guns out throw the guns into the sea let's focus on focus on solely throwing hands I think there could be something there, you know, and, I, and when we're talking about like ideas not coming to fruition, all that stuff, I think we're also talking about Ben Studio here, right, and Jeff Ross, and we've had new stories before talking about the different ideas that are, that are thrown out there, like I believe there was also a resistance game that was conceptualized or talked about at least or pitched, and um, Sony also came to Ben Studio around this time and talked about, hey, what if you guys did something with an existing IP? What if you made Siphon Filter again, right, and it seems like a lot of this stuff was just in the idea stages and i'm sh- so i'm sure that like even though he co- he, bl- he blames it here on the uh you know not enough opportunities for shootouts yada yada i'm sure it was the thing of like no we just had a lot of ideas and we just couldn't choose one <laughs> and we couldn't figure out what we want to do and now that he's gone right i'm sure they're in the place of figuring out what they want to do um yeah and so like yeah this would have been interesting though like i would have been curious to see it
2: I th- i think this is also how you see Uncharted games going forward. I don't think Drake comes back. So I think kind of the extended cast of characters is something that we will see more of, especially like, it feels strange to build up Sam and have such a a beloved kind of actor and Troy Baker and not think about doing something else with him. So I I think it'd be interesting to see where Uncharted goes beyond um, where it is, kind of now kind of dormant.
1: Yeah. Let's hop in to our next news story, story number four. Sony announces Gran Turismo Sophie, a new artificial intelligence. Remember, we talked about this on Monday on the show. We talked about how Sony AI was collaborating with Polyphony Digital, and we didn't know what that was, and we are guessing it was going to be drivetars or something. We have the answer. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. Sony has announced Gran Turismo Sophie, an artificial intelligence built in collaboration between Sony AI and Polyphony Digital. Revealed as part of the Race Together media event, Sony claims that the new artificial intelligence, which has been trained using Gran Turismo Sport, can race competitively against the best Gran Turismo players in the world. In development tests, Gran Turismo Sophie was pitted against four of the world's best Gran Turismo Sports players across two separate events, one in July 2021 and a second in October 2021. The first test saw Sophie score 70 points across three different races, while the human team scored 86. After a few months of training, Gran Turismo Sophie was able to score 104 points in a second round of tests versus the humans team score of 52. Sophie won every race in the second test and set the best lap time. Sophie is trained through a deep reinforcement learning system using Sony Interactive Entertainment's cloud gaming infrastructure. The system trains the AI in three areas: physical realism, which teaches, teaches Sophie to control a car and exploit features of a track; real-time race tactics, which coaches the AI to master passing and optimize its use of racing line uh, or of the racing line; and sports etiquette, which trains Sophie to drive aggressive but fairly. While Gran Turismo Sophie is already displaying very impressive results, it's not something you should expect to see in GT7 at launch. However, Sony AI and PDI will explore how to investigate GT Sophie, how how to integrate, sorry, (laughs) GT Sophie into future releases of the Gran Turismo series, says Michael Springer, COO of Sony AI, in a new post on the Sony AI website. This is like. If, this is interesting because it's video game news, but it also feels like just pure tech news and the way that, like, they mentioned that this might get integrated into GT7 at some point. But I think the yeah. real thing here is that, like, they're teaching AI how to drive, and, like, I'm sure this will have some application into self-driving cars and stuff like that. Like, I think that that's what this is uh, evolving into.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the, obviously, the, the video game applications are obvious. Like, it might make for more engaging, like, single-player Content and like GT Seven or something like that, where the don't feel so dead. Um, I don't really understand how you need to train a car to be good at driving in your game, but that's clearly because I'm not some kind of AI scientist. But as you say, the 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 real question is how is this going to be applied to real motorsport? Is this going to be applied okay. to things like Formula E, which, if I'm not mistaken, is literally just the cars driving them or like remote control cars essentially on like a massive scale. But um. Yeah, it's, it's it's the kind of thing you announce and it goes somewhat over your head and then in yeah. 10 years time you find out that Sony's actually been making like a steady billion dollars a year because they sold this tech to like Mercedes or something like that. So it, it is interesting, especially interesting, it's been developed with Polyphony because they are so, I mean, who on this earth knows more about cars than, than Polyphony? They basically live in them to try and make these games
1: yeah and that's the exact thing right i think this is a cool news story more so for how this applies outside of video games and it is this video game studio and polyphony digital that is being approached and is being partnered with to make this thing work and make it cool right and like i that This doesn't get me excited playing GT7, per se, right? Like, I'm already... Like, where I'm at with GT7 is I want to try it because that game looks really cool. Like, the graphics look really good. And, you know, I like racing every now and then, and so I want to try it for that. I'm sure people who might be way more uh, advanced and hardcore about GT7 than me might see this and get a little bit more excited because it is okay cool we're getting really good ai right we're getting ai that is smart that is smarter that adapts and that is going to be way more difficult for me to 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 defeat and so i'm sure that might be exciting but i think the way more exciting thing here is the fact that sony ai is looking at Polyphony digital and like building something that is going to have way more applications i think outside of the game than inside of the game and so i'm curious to see what this ends up being uh whether it's like Whether it applies to self-driving cars or whether it is, yeah, Formula One. What if it is like actual race car drivers driving against empty cars (laughs) and what (laughs) that was actually living like a Detroit Become Human style future? Mm. We'll have to wait and see. Story number five, speaking of PlayStation, a new PlayStation update is making some changes. I'm pulling from Jay Peters at The Verge. Sony announced that it will begin uh, rolling out its second PS5 software beta on Wednesday, bringing changes including party chat updates, new UI settings, and a, and a preview of a voice command feature. According to Sony's blog about the beta, your PS5 can listen for the, quote, Hey PlayStation, voice command to let you find and open games, apps, and settings, as well as control playback during a show or a song. If you don't want to use it, Sony says you can turn the feature off in settings, the voice command feature will be available first in English for beta users with accounts registered in the US and the UK. Sony is also making some changes to party chats. Voice chats are now called parties, and you can now you can now choose I'm laughing and I'll tell you why in a second. You can now choose whether a party is open, meaning your friends can join without an invitation or closed. Uh, however, only other users on the beta can join open parties for the moment. There are a handful of other new features as well, such as the ability to keep certain apps or games on the home screen screen updates the design of trophy cards and more screen reader languages i'm laughing because i read all this and i'm basically like all right cool so you're putting in the features that we had on ps4 (laughs) because like if i if i recall correctly there were voice commands on the ps4 i forget if like you said hey place yeah like was that was that it because i remember using voice commands on the ps4 Mm -hmm. and then also like parties you change like parties were parties on ps4 they changed them for ps5 to like make them a little bit more i think discord like in their setup um a lot of this I find funny for that, but also good on them for implementing changes and updates. I'm sure I'm sure when this actually pans out, it'll be better for the PS5 user experience.
2: Yeah, it feels like the kind of update that will only be relevant for like six months until it's finally, okay, now Discord is fully on the PlayStation, just forget all of that yep. party crap that we've been. I thought the party experience on PlayStation 5 has been terrible. Like, I don't know what it is, but when, when me and my like, group would play Warzone, it was so easy on PlayStation 4, everyone in this group invites were super easy but on PlayStation 5 it's just there's like persistent parties and things like that and if I'm getting confused by that and it's literally my job to like play a PlayStation 5 every day it's not the not the smoothest user experience but um yeah at least it doesn't just say like improves stability there's like a bit of kind of description to it
1: yeah, and I like the I like the you know being able to pin certain games and apps on the home screen. That's a feature yeah. that the Xbox has that I really like. You know, like uh, I know the three games that I'm going to turn on my Xbox for. It is Rare Replay, Forza Horizon Five, and Cuphead. And so those are all mm. pinned on my Xbox home screen. I like the the I like the ability to be able to do that. I also want folders. They don't mention folders here, which yeah. solves a similar issue. Like give me folders as well, because I have those on my PS4, and I want to make a fighting games folder <laughs> on my PS5. So please yeah. implement it.
2: It's the kind of thing that it would it would be more than just a random like update, but that the the quick resume on Xbox is my number one request for the PlayStation 5. Like the fact that they have that switcher tab and it looks like that is exactly how it should work. Like it's just what one day it's... they'll have that.
1: It's wild, right? Because it feels like it should have been there. The fact yeah. that, yeah, they have the switcher tab. It feel, when you tab. When you open a different game, it doesn't give you the warning, right? Like it did on PS4 yep. of, if you're going to close this other game. No, it jumps right in, automatically closes that game. And it's like, that feels like it's meant to have a quick resume-like feature. And now, mm. it's a Jordan, I'm sure you've heard of it, right? The season that it is right now, when you look outside of your window and you listen to the trees changing God. colors, right? It's review season. And when yeah. I tell you, it's been such a struggle, this review season, hopping between games, right? Like, I'm in the middle of something in one game, in the middle of a quest, and I get a I get a request to somebody being like, hey, you want to play this fighting game? And I'm like, yes, I want to play this fighting game, but I got to make sure that, like, it's auto or I got to make sure I- XYZ thing. It's it's rough out there. And so there's a lot, right? I lost my save in Dying Light 2. I'm still salty about that because of a save issue that's been patched now. It's all good. But, you know, during the review time, that was not fun. That was not fun. Yeah. Give me a quick resume. That's what I want. Let's round out the Roper Report with story number six. It looks like we're going to get some more NES and SNES games coming to Switch, maybe today. This is from Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. Nintendo has reportedly scheduled maintenance for its Switch Online NES and SNES apps immediately after its Nintendo Direct presentation ends today. According to the NIN status bot Twitter account, both the NES and SNES apps will go down for maintenance on February 9th. The maintenance will take place shortly after today's Nintendo Direct presentation ends. The apps often go down for maintenance when Nintendo is adding new games to their respective services. The last time the NES and SNES apps uh, received new titles back in July 2021, they underwent maintenance right before it. And so there you go. You're probably going to get some NES and SNES stuff after the Direct, presumably. I really hope we get Earthbound because I don't think Earthbound is on there. And I think that is probably the most glaring omission. That and I think Super Mario RPG 2 isn't on there yet.
2: I, th- I think um, your your man uh, from EarthBound tweeted um, earlier saying that 7 a.m. it's going to be snowing in Japan or something like that, which seems to imply that it might be happening. Um, oh. I, I don't really know. The, the, the thing that interests me is it, it is understood that Game Boy games will eventually come to this, this service and that is kind of the, that's what I'm waiting for personally because that's the system that has more attachment to me. I never had an NES or SNES. And I want to see the Game Boy games arrive. And I want to see if the Pokemon company is actually going to play ball and put those Pokemon games on the service or if that would oh, be a separate yeah. issue. Because you I could, got I, could to, right? I could very easily see them saying no. Be- because oh, that'd be the, so because, sad. Yeah, I could see them saying, okay, well, since you have this emulator running, they're, they're, 10, they're, 20, they're 10 quid each. And, and then you can just buy them separately. Um, maybe you get like, pokemon pinball which is which is no that's pokemon pinball is an amazing game that's 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 no short change but i i don't personally see mainline pokemon games coming to um an nso um I, but i think i think earthbound is the one you do people want earthbound it would be very tone death for them to not do this so I, I think this will happen but
1: yeah like when you're talking about the last big snes games that haven't made it to snes online right i think you are talking about earthbound you're talking about mario rpg and then i'm sure there are others but those are the first thing that come to mind like it's hard for me to think about anything else honestly between those two i forget like uh, street fighter's not on there right like super street fighter i'm sure people might get excited for that if you put that on
2: there yeah i I think because it's part of that like capcom arcade thing that you can also get in switch maybe that would like i mean you can play Street Fighter on like that's the thing is like you're talking about like what do they have
1: What do they have the ability to put on there right and like what what feels like an easy win and earthbound is one that feels like an easy win it's like why is not earthbound on there yeah. um but we'll have to wait and see i think somebody i saw somebody in chat mention C- chrono trigger which might have been a good one to throw out there too somebody says where's pokemon puzzle league which is nc4 online but yes i do want pokemon puzzle there's a lot there's a lot of games we still need for nc4 online yeah. all right so let's get patient with that one because that's gonna be a long journey before we get there uh mm-hmm. nes games i'm curious to see what's left to put on there too like I feel like all the, all the NES games I care about, I think, are on Switch Online. I wonder if they're going to dig in the bag uh, to to pull out any like more obscure ones. Because every time now you get that tweet of games coming to NES Online, it is always games that I would have thought they made up. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, here's here's Brick Bobble Breaker. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't know that exists. I, that sounds like two different games you just put together. <laughs> like, you know, it's always one of those. And so, yeah, it's I'm kind of thing see where... if they have something Nintendo Direct worthy
2: it's it's nice to have those on there because you want these games to be preserved but they generally they need to put a good one and then sneak in like 10 games that no one's heard of just to exactly. add them to the library so i could see that happening as well
1: <laughs> frog knight in chat says i love brick bobble breaker also somebody in chat <laughs> said uh paperboy which i would have assumed Paperboy's on there Paperboy's a good one to call out i love paperboy i would put paperboy on nes online i'm with it <clears throat> jordan i can't wait to see if Pokemon comes to Nintendo Switch online via a GBC backwards compatible app. But the answers to that are so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look?
2: I would look on the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: You know I Here's the thing I have a love hate relationship with chat. Because every now yeah. and then, you know, chat will be roasting me, which sometimes is warranted. Sometimes I'm like, oh, get out of here. I know I'm right about what I'm saying. And you'll see soon. Game Pass is going to come to PlayStation by 2026. Mark my words. Uh, but then every now and then, chat hits me with the jokes. And they're hilarious. And when I mentioned Paperboy, right, everybody in chat is like, oh, I love Paperboy. It's my favorite character in Atlanta. Very good jokes, <laughs> chat very good jokes you guys are out there killing it keep bringing that energy and that humor because that is what i'm talking about out today we got unbound worlds apart for ps5 and ps4 backbone for switch and mac uh el gancho for switch action arcade wrestling for switch letters a written adventure for switch and pc and then diplomacy is not an option for pc we got two new days for you uh camping builder the demo is coming to steam on february 21st and then conan chop chop will launch on march 1st on pc switch playstation and xbox of course you can go to kind of slash you're wrong where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube, youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe uh and let's see here Mm-mm. this person starts off saying it's not a you're wrong it was not a you're wrong why are you writing it in uh to me buddy does say not a year wrong but not sure if you saw this while while live the wolf among us 2 trailer got released uh we knew this was going to happen because they had scheduled their stream for the same time as kftd and so it's hard to cover both things at once but yes there is a new wolf among us 2 trailer if you're hyped about wolf among us 2 go check out that trailer and we'll probably talk about it maybe on tomorrow's kftd We're casually on shows uh let's see Uh, that's it for your wrong. The rest of these aren't your wrongs. The rest of these are people uh, playing around, are they, talking about. Are they just game attacking
2: past. my opinion? Are they just saying that? Breath no, actually, nobody game?
1: in here is attacking your opinion. And in fact, I saw chat cheering you on, which
2: is upsets direct. me. Finally, yeah. once. <laughs> like, finally, once. It's like finally, it's my time. Great.
1: It's my moment. I'm gonna champion that breath of wild is as great as you all say us. it is. Man, uh, wild people out there. Wild people who think that Breath of the Wild is a masterpiece. But I'm not here to argue. I'm just here to speak the truth. Uh, today's <laughs> Wednesday, of course, so that means tomorrow's Thursday. And your hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily will be Greg and Tim. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Greg playing some Lost Ark, that new game, uh, from Amazon. I think it's from Amazon. Uh, so yeah. get hyped for that. If you yeah, want to catch is. that stream later, it's the it's the new uh, MMO, right, from Amazon. Yeah. Not the yeah. one that came out months ago that no, came no, away no. real fast. No
3: one. Well, I mean. Uh, Another people one that's going to come come and go. People yep. still people still play New World? Yeah. I oh, yeah. So. Every, every but night. In there. But Fran plays everything. <laughs> so the big thing about this game is this game has mounts. So Did know New know World I mean, not have mounts? No, and it's a problem.
1: Interesting. But Kevin, what's your bet on how long Lost Ark stays around?
3: Uh, I got to check it out first. Okay. But, I mean, not long. You know? It, I mean, it releases next week, right? Right now, mm. you can just buy it for, like, 15 bucks. And then it's mm. free to play next week. Okay. So easily three weeks, I'd say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. That's longer than New World. That's longer than New yeah. World. Mm. Um, uh, oh, Jordan, <laughs> before we get out of here, uh, plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Where can people oh, follow yeah. you on Twitter? Where can people find your work?
2: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Midler, it's J-O-R-D-A-N-M-I-D-D-L-E-R, not verified because uh, I can't get verified for 12 months because I called my good friend a bad word and they banned me for 12 hours, not worth talking about. Um, Which bad
3: word? I'm very curious. It's not worth talking about, I'm just
1: kidding.
2: It, it's it's the one that Americans really don't like, but people in the UK say all the time. I That's one of my favorite that, ones. Yeah, yeah, it's the best one, especially the Scottish yeah. accent, It just sounds so perfect. Oh, um, but yes, so there's there's so we'll, the it, we'll, we'll get in
1: the post show. In the post show, oh, yeah. we'll have Jordan say it.
2: Exclusive content, and um, but you can Thank find we're. all of my uh, writing, reviews, news on Video Games Chronicle, BGC. Um, so yeah, there's lot, lots coming up. Horizon Forbidden West review coming soon. Lots of stuff happening.
1: Hell yeah. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an awesome episode. You have awesome taste in games, except for when it comes to Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciate <laughs> you. Harsh. I know it's harsh, but it's right, right? It's like, true. I'm not wrong. Yeah, it's harsh, but true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. No. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. <laughs> oh. It's your weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.